Here we are. Today is number eight of a 10-part series titled Faith and Miracles. And the whole point of this series is to, is to help us understand how, to, how our faith gets built up in Jesus and, and to the point of, of moving into an area of expectancy for the supernatural realm where God's Holy Spirit resides and our natural realm here on this earth collides. And that is where miracles happen, right? We, as, as, as followers of Jesus, we have one foot in the natural world and one foot in the supernatural world, and, and we need to be able to understand how that works. And one of the, the vineyard distinctives is naturally supernatural. So we need to understand that there's supernatural things that go on all around us, good and bad, and we need to learn to be a part of that as followers of Jesus. And so that's kind of the whole premise of this series. And, and also, you know, what is a miracle? What exactly is a miracle? For me, a miracle is this. I don't know how it happened. I prayed about it, and it happened. I got healed. I, this bill got paid. This happened. Money came into, you know, all of this stuff. I don't know how it happened. Miracles are unexplainable events of God. And so if you've missed any of these sermons or you're here today and you're like, wow, I really, I really like this message, or vineyard05.com on our website, you can catch all of them. And today's part eight, and then we have nine and ten coming up. But today we're going to be talking about generosity. Now it's no coincidence that we're taking up an offering for Luke's Brigade and we're talking about being generous. However... I'm not just talking about money. We are looking at how our generosity is love in action. As a follower of Jesus, when we are generous, that is love in action. Because generosity is one of the core character traits of our creator. It's at the very core of the being of Jesus himself. And there are around 7,000 promises in the Bible that God makes to mankind. There's around nine or 10,000 promises. You know, a promise in the Bible is where God says, if you do this, I will do that. If you act in this way, I will respond in that way, both good and bad. You, you mess up, this is going to happen. You move in my ways, I will bless you. Those are promises of God. And there's around 7,000 directed towards human beings themselves, towards us. And there are more promises around being generous than anything else. See, when we're generous with our money, with our time, our talents, our gifts, our resources, our wisdom, our life's experience, even when we are generous in our praise to Jesus, when generosity becomes a part of who we are, we give room for God's blessings for God's anointing to flow through us and out to others. Or maybe it just stops with us because God wants to bless us. But when you get blessed by God, when you experience a miracle God, don't you want everybody to know about it? Don't you want everybody to be a part of what you're experiencing? So generosity is one of those things where God says, this is who I am, this is who I want you to be. And then the next thing we know when that happens, our faith is built up. And we are experiencing miracles 
as a natural part of our spiritual life. See, oftentimes as believers, we keep our spiritual life separate from our natural life. Our coworkers don't know how much we love Jesus because we keep those separate, but they should be one and the same. And the reason that generosity is so important to God is because it is love in action. Because God himself is love. In 1 John uh, chapter 4, we read, we, we read this. 1 John, not the gospel. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. You invite Jesus in your life. His Holy Spirit comes and lives within you. But you also live in God. We are one and the same with our Creator. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God Himself is love. God is a giver, God is generous. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Oftentimes when I'm in with a group of pastors and they're like, Hey, what, what can I pray for you for? Well, I have a list, but let's just keep it. Let's just keep it, you know. I always ask for wisdom. You know what? Wisdom in decisions. Wisdom in helping other people. I'll, use, I'll take all the wisdom that God wants to give me. And the Bible says he's generous in that and he's not going to rebuke you for asking. And then Ephesians chapter 5 tells us to imitate God in all we do. And since God is generous and we are to imitate him, what do you think that means for us? We are to be generous too. Right? I can never think of a time when God was stingy with me. I can never think of a time when I asked God for something and he said, I'm just going to give you this little bit. I know you want this much chip, but I only got this much to give you. Now's not a good time to ask me for that. I can never think of a time when he's been stingy with me. And since we are to be imitators of him, we cannot be stingy either. We can't hold things back. I think the most important thing about generosity is that it is us recognizing that what we have is a gift from God. Everything that we have, we, we talk about this in our family all the time, everything that we have, our jobs, our finances, our cars, our homes, the lawnmower, all of that stuff is from God. It's a, it's a gift from him. He provides all of that for us. And we are to be stewards of his generosity towards us. Even loaning out power tools. You hear me, Pastor Dave? <laughs> power tools. Pastor Dave taught me a long time ago, what you do is you buy some of the no-name brands and you just have them on your shelf so when people want to borrow tools, those are the ones you loan out. There's a loophole. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Psalm 112, 
Psalm 112. I've been reading this psalm. I've read it like numerous times this week. I, I used it in some devotions that I was a part of and with some groups. And it's a poem that is dedicated to those. It's a poem about those who are dedicated to following God's ways. And a couple verses say this about people who honor God with what they have. It's, it's 10 verses, but I'm, I just want to read two. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. This is, what, this is what King David is writing about people who are generous, that God is giving him these words. People who are generous, are, are, they're generous. The people who honor God with what they have are generous, compassionate, and righteous. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. You see, when you do a good deed for somebody or when you share something freely or when you loan some money without expecting it back or when you, you know, stop and help somebody fix a flat tire, when you share what you have that God has given to you freely with anybody, that is remembered forever. Think about this. Think about something somebody did for you that really helped you out that was a good deed. Does that often come up in your stories to other people? You know what? I remember this one time. Or when you see that person walk across the room and you're talking, that's a person you want to get to know. Let me tell you what they did for me. That's influence and honor. And usually that person, because they're generous, because they're compassionate, because they're righteous, because they do the things that they feel they're supposed to do in the name of Jesus, they're living their life, but you're telling a story of something good they did for them. See what I'm saying? That, that's one of those promises of God's. If you do this, this is what will happen. This is the kind of lifestyle, too, that builds our faith and paves the way for miracles to happen. Because what, what it is, is we begin looking. First of all, we begin looking for areas to help. We begin looking for ways where miracles can We We say, hey, you know what? Let's just pray about that. And then we know to keep praying and, and to look for a miracle to move in that person's life. See, this opens the windows of heaven for us to be more open and available to receiving the supernatural goodness of God by giving, by being generous. Because generosity is what brings honor to God. Hebrews chapter 13 says this, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. See, if you're sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, well, you, if I'm supposed to be generous with stuff, I'm really giving a lot of what I have. Yeah, God knows that. Generosity is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of your money, of your time, of your resources, of your power tools, of your whatever. It's a sacrifice. But the Bible says, these are the sacrifices that please God. When you, when you do good and share with those in need. This is what pleases him most. And I think it's because generosity is an extension of his goodness that flows down to us and out of us to another person. And this honors him. It pleases him. When speaking of shining the light of the good news of God's kingdom, 
Jesus says this about those who put their faith in him. I just want to read a couple verses from Matthew chapter 5. Every now and then I want to read from the Bible just so you know all this stuff comes from the actual word of God. Chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus is saying this to those who put their trust in him, to those who invite him into their lives. Jesus says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We cannot keep Jesus to ourselves. Jesus is saying, once you invite me in your life, you are now the light of the world. You are a light on a hill. You are the one that represents me. And we are not to keep him to ourselves. When we are generous to others, it is Jesus in us that people are experiencing. And the thing about this is, this is one that we kind of have to keep in check because oftentimes our ego starts overshadowing Jesus. And then we're like, we start doing good deeds because we feel good about ourselves. We have to keep that in check. We have to realize that what it is that we have comes from God and what it is that we're giving out is an extension of his goodness to others. See what I'm saying there? It's really easy to get kind of caught up in that. But we need to be generous in a way that reflects the character of Jesus. And then, and we let our faith in Jesus speak for itself. Because what will happen is what was said in Psalm, Psalm 112. People will remember that. Your good deeds will be remembered forever. And then I want to look at a, at a prayer that the Apostle Paul, he wrote this letter to a good friend of his by the name of Philemon. I think that's how you pronounce it. And, and this is a really small book. It's just a one chapter. Like, I don't even think it's a book. It's more like a scroll. It's a, it's a letter. But verses 4 through 6, here's what Paul says to Philemon. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon. Because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Isn't that amazing? Like, Gosh, even if just one of you guys wrote that to me, I'd be like, wow, man, I might shed a tear. That's a pretty powerful statement, right? That's a letter, that's a letter. Paul is saying, listen, your testimony, Philemon, has reached me. And I want you to know, you're doing good, brother. You are sharing the gospel, you're sharing the love of God, you have influence, you have honor. And this is what it's all about, right? bringing honor to the name of Jesus and creating a ripple effect of influence because of our genuine faith in him. When it starts to become a natural part of who we are because of our faith, that's when we know we're doing it. We're doing the stuff. You know, how about this? If someone said to you, if someone said to you, Uncle Chuck, 
Your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. I mean, how would that make you feel? Humble. Humble. Honored. Right? Your kindness has refreshed the hearts of God's people. That's what people should be saying about us when we leave a room. That's the kind of believer, follower of Jesus, we should strive to be. And listen, you know what? The harder we try to be like that, the harder it's going to be. Just let it come natural. And, and the way it comes natural, you want to know? You want to know how, it, how uh, I'll give you a little, little insight on a prayer that I started praying uh, how many years ago? God, help me to see people the way you see them. Because don't we always pray when someone's, you know, causing friction or whatever? We always pray, God, God, would you just change them? They really just, they really make my day just, you know, God, would you change that part about them? And, and do those prayers ever get answered? No. As a matter of fact, they usually end up getting worse. God, would you help me see them the way you see them? I promise you, your heart will start melting for people that you never thought it would melt for. And, and I also think, if someone said that to me, I would be more aware of my actions and, and maybe even more intentional of sharing the love of Jesus with others. If, if somebody said to me, hey, you know what? I've been hearing some things about you. Like, like you're really lifting people up. I mean, I, I don't know what you're doing, but you've really made a difference in that person's life. I would, like Uncle Chuck said, I think I'd be humbled and I'd probably be a little more intentional on how I act around others. You know, our faith in Jesus should automatically make us generous people. Where, where we are, where, you know, where are we? Here's the deal. Where are we when it comes to stepping up and being a part of something with our faith, making a difference whether it's at the workplace, whether it's at a church function, you're volunteering, you're here on Sunday mornings, you know, where are we when it comes to stepping up and being a part of something? Something that will usher the kingdom of God into somebody else's life. You know, there's a reason why we're so adamant here, like, like, like this was Pastor Day's heart for this church, is to get as many people involved in the events here as possible. Because that's where connections are made. And maybe you're new to this church, and, and you're out uh, doing a, a helping park cars for the, the family Halloween event, and, and you're teamed up with somebody who's been coming to this church for 20 years. Guess what? A connection is going to be made, and hopefully something that raises somebody's faith will happen. Where are we when it comes to generosity with the expectation of seeing miracles take place? Like, like are, we, are we prayerfully considering the good deeds and the things that we're doing with the hopes that maybe this will usher in a miracle for them? Maybe something will happen, right? I want to read something from Isaiah chapter 6. Now, Isaiah was a prophet of God in the Old Testament, and in the Old Testament, the prophets were the ones that God chose to be his mouthpiece. They delivered messages to the Israelites, and oftentimes, the people didn't want to hear their messages, and so they didn't like the prophets. Prophets in the Old Testament did not have an easy go at it. But here's what Isaiah says. Then I heard the Lord asking, 
Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Isaiah didn't even hesitate. Send me, God, I'm here. I want to do it. It was an amazing experience and encounter with God that he had. But Isaiah has the attitude as one who would see miracles and walk in the goodness of God's protection. He didn't say, God, let me pray about that for a minute. Let me see if I have enough time in my schedule to do that. You know, those are the people that are kind of half in and half out, right? I don't know if that's who I want on the team right now. Hey, would you like to help out? We're doing this, that, and the other. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. Love to do that. Those are the people I'm looking for, right? Here I am. Send me. That was Isaiah's call to being a prophet. See, that was an attitude. That is an attitude of expecting miracles to happen while doing good deeds, walking out the things of God, being under his protection, while expanding the influence of God's kingdom to all who would listen. Are you an Isaiah? I believe what we do with what God gives us on this earth determines what we will be doing in heaven. So the question again is, are we willing to say, here I am, God, send me. Send me. You know, as much as we want to think that heaven is going to be harps and instruments and fluffy clouds, it's not. We're going to have things to do. And the way we steward the things we were given here on this earth is going to determine what we're doing in heaven. Like, I want to quote something from Jesus in Luke chapter 16, and this, is, this comes during a, a story that he told, a parable, and it's called the parable of the shrewd manager, and it's, it's a little confusing, but we're going to read another verse later on before we close out the sermon today about this, but, but here's what Jesus says. If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you will be honest with greater responsibilities. Those are red-letter words. That's Jesus said that. If you're faithful with the little things, I'll give you more. But if you're not going to use or you're dishonest with what you have, why would I give you more? Because you're going to be honest with greater things. You know, we can, we can fool all kinds of people around us, but, you know, we can't fool Jesus. Amen. Amen. And, and these are his words. And, and, and I take this stuff like... like like, I have to stand in front of Jesus one day. And, and you hear where the, the Apostle Paul writes in one of his letters, you know, I work out my faith in fear and trembling. Yeah, you know, I'm not afraid, but I take my faith in Jesus serious. Like, like if he's going to give me something to do, I'm going to do my best with it. I want to be faithful with what he gives me. So that when he looks at me, he says, well done. You did good. And listen, I'm not perfect and I'm not the best, but I will do my best with what I'm given. And, and, and what Jesus is saying here is all about integrity and character within the kingdom. What are we doing with what we've been given? All of us are on different levels here. 
Never look at somebody else and say, well, they are so much better at that than I am. Yeah, but you are so much better at something else than they are. Our, our gifts, our time, money, wisdom, resources, life's experiences, we all have experiences that we can share. We all have a, I wish I wouldn't have done that, that we can share with somebody. Are we generously using what we have been given to help build the faith in others and allow for the move of miracles to take place? Are we living a life that allows miracles to take place where we are a part of building up somebody else's faith or planting seeds where somebody makes the decision to follow Jesus? Because if we are, we talked about these promises, right? Look at some of these promises. Deuteronomy chapter 15. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Interesting. Let's read uh, Proverbs 22, verse 9. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Interesting. When we take care of the poor and the needy, we are taking care of those who God identifies with most. Did you know that Jesus identifies more with the downtrodden, the oppressed, the needy, the hurting, more than he does those in high places? Because they are the overlooked. They are the ones that are struggling. They are the ones that are hurting. And they are the ones that we, as followers of Jesus, no matter where we are, need to look after and help to give them a hand. God says, when you do this, I will bless everything you do. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. See, there are blessings that come with generosity. And, and, and here's the thing. If you're like, well, I am generous and I'm not seeing it. Well, I'd say you're not looking hard enough. Look for it. Don't expect it, but look for it. It's going to happen, especially when we're generous to the poor and those in need. See, generosity to the poor paves the way for miracles to happen for both the giver and the receiver. It's a supernatural principle of God. It's a promise of God. Think about, think about you know, you, you gave money to a ministry, or you're like, you know what, uh, this year for Thanksgiving, we're going to go down and feed some people. Is that not a blessing to them? I mean, we see so many people on the streets nowadays. And, 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 and the direction we're going with the economy, we may see more. And I'm counting on God's provision to protect my finances in all of this. I, I really am. I'm a little nervous about... <laughs> the next couple of years. But God will take care of those who takes care of others. Proverbs eleven twenty five, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Talk about a faith builder and expecting miracles to happen. When we are generous... We gain God's protection and a supernatural breath of life on all we do. We are refreshed. 
God will refresh us. When, when we're at the end of our, of, of our day and we're just worn out, but we're generous and we're, we're helping people and we're giving to ministries and we're taking a part of time out of our lives, God's going to refresh you supernaturally. Our generosity that is received as love in action is what sharing the heart of Jesus looks like. And when things are not going as we anticipated in our own lives, it is God's Holy Spirit that will bring refreshing and protection and all the resources that we need to see us through that little chapter of our lives. And others will see that as a testimony to the goodness of God's miraculous nature. You know, if you're generous with your time and your money and people know that and then hard times hit you, you better believe they're watching. They're going to watch your reaction. And then when, when, when they find out that you were refreshed through all of that and God took care of you through all of that, they're going to want to know. They're going to want to hear your story. So we'll close it in this. Luke 16, verse 9. This is, again, this is, this is the end of that parable of the shrewd manager. Jesus says this. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Here's the deal. Our generosity stores up treasure in heaven. How about that? I mean, that alone is enough for me to be generous. Rewards in heaven. I think that is the ultimate miracle. But when we use our money and our time and our resources in a generous way that brings people into the kingdom, into a relationship with Jesus, right? We just gained an eternal friend. There is an eternal reward attached to that generous deed. Because Jesus is saying here, you will have a friend in heaven, and they're going to meet you, and they will be your friend for eternity because you helped them here on earth. Isn't that amazing? Like, like think about this. Maybe some of you bought some wheelchairs with our Easter offering or, or sponsored some children to feed in Haiti or bought some water filters in Brazil or Luke's Brigade medical kits. And your generous offering helped somebody have clean drinking water, food to eat, a wheelchair. They got bandaged up. And as a result of that, they put their faith in Jesus. Your generosity is attached to that salvation. Think of every kind deed you've done that's planted a seed for the kingdom. You shared your faith. You loaned somebody some money. You helped them out. You did this. You did that. There's an eternal reward attached to that. Everything we do here on earth for the kingdom of God that brings somebody into a relationship with Jesus, we will see in heaven. That's what Jesus was saying. You'll meet these people. Some of us might have a long line. Some of us might have a few. It doesn't matter. You made a difference for the kingdom. And so that right there, that alone is enough for me to be mindful of my kingdom-minded generosity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just, I thank you so much, God. 
I thank you, Jesus, that there are enough promises in your word that teach us to be generous that every one of us should be able to identify with one of those promises. And I want to pray, Lord God, that, that as we move into a time of worship, God, that you would speak to us in ways that we can be generous, especially if, if somebody's here, God, and they're like, you don't know how hard life is for me right now. Maybe your miracle's about to happen. And maybe, because of that miracle, you're going to have room to bless somebody else. I'm going to pray for that right now. And so, God, I just thank you for, for what you do, how good you are, and I want to thank you for your generous character towards us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.